0: on this episode episode of japan Japan, 2.0 the problem is they'll ring you up they'll check out your all your items they put them on the counter then you have to self-pay so you have to put the money into the machine and then bag your groceries
1: places let me yeah there's a place that's better but fascination can't go on forever so real like a faded meeting with a brand who knew straight from beginning two two
0: two point 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 hello and welcome back to japan
1: 2.0 Sashi Buridas.
0: yes this is uh one of your hosts matt and the yes. other host
1: david of course and it's been a long time i think we are, let's say, mid-March, and last time we recorded together would have been late December. Does that sound right? That sounds about right. You know,
0: uh, time has been a bit of a blur for me, so <laughs> I don't, I can't even believe we're in March,
1: to be yeah. honest. I was telling my son, besides like when we stopped podcasting between Korea and Japan, this is definitely the longest break in 12-something years we've been podcasting together. Yeah, well... Uh,
0: it might be my ocd but i always like us to put out content you know every other week uh so you know it's been it, we, i think we've taken a break here or there before or we've gotten off of the off track a bit but um, never, a this, so never this never this long yeah the longest
1: one yeah. this is the longest yeah i don't know if we're gonna get back to the every other i don't know if we can fully commit to the every other week schedule but uh it'll definitely be more than every three months i think we can say that right
0: yeah i think so yeah definitely more than that at least once a month maybe we can make that commitment yes
1: we do have a kind of main topic uh, for our show today but we kind of because it has been a while we kind of just do a little bit but a catch up and what we've been going on in our lives in, in japan recently i think the number one question we get these kind of days is well, what's the situation like there and when are people going to be able to come travel here right that's kind of the big big thing we've been getting
0: yeah, I think that's uh looking pretty positive for people and um I think I don't know, it seems like borders are starting to loosen up a little bit here and there. There's a lot of talk about uh living with COVID, which I know has happened in some European countries and um and by that I mean things going back to normal, no mask mandates, even though there haven't been mask mandates, no mask suggestions, you know, no think, alcohol yeah. uh restrictions.
1: When do you think like for our works for example what would your prediction be there like when we could not wear a mask at work I think Ooh, I think 4 years from now 5 years from now people at our jobs are I would say 50% or more are going to be wearing masks mm-hmm. right I think it was already in the culture here and this is just going to like really just push it to the next level like permanently yeah but I'm wondering when it's not uh mandated anymore I'm I'm guessing at least one more year
0: uh, I think it'll be sooner than that. Really, I, I, I'm optimistic, and I think my that com- uh, <laughs> my company
1: is more, your company is more strict than mine is too on that topic. So I'm interested that you say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, without going too much into it, um, there have been talks about going back to living with COVID in our yeah. in our uh, my the my business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we were going back to you know regular classes maybe students wearing masks but i think regular hours and yeah no uh closures class closures or anything like that anymore
1: Mm. yeah yeah. oh yeah for new
0: listeners i'm a teacher so (laughs) yeah yeah. if you you didn't figure that out
1: different places though but um yeah so we went out recently um together twice i think we met up It's really good good to hang out and um one both were in Osaka. we had one time in osaka or two
0: well yeah i'm trying to think yeah i guess we were in northern osaka we did like this weird trip to the middle of nowhere
1: kind of oh right i almost forgot about that one yeah and
0: then then we met up uh in one of our favorite neighborhoods you know
1: yeah, so we you should talk about both of those. We did this thing that Matt and I have always done since Korea, and sometimes we podcast about it, but this was kind of the first time hanging out. I think we just wanted to be selfish and, <laughs> and kind of hang out and catch up a bit. And to be honest, it wasn't a very fruitful event, And which basically we'll just kind of hear about an area that's kind of on your periphery for some reason, but it's not a real kind of hot spot anywhere super excited by. But, you know, when you've been in a country going on almost 10 years, you start to kind of... Get to that part of the list where it's like, all right, well, I've heard this mentioned once or twice, and let's just see what it's all about. So, Tazukayama Tez- was that? What was
0: name no, name? no, it wasn't Tazukayama. It was uh, Takarazuka.
1: Takarazuka, yeah, yeah, and that one's known for all female theater. So this like all female theater, and it's got it's gotten fairly big in Japan. Yeah, and, I think uh, that was,
0: we mentioned it in the questions oh. about Japan episode. If you we go definitely back into talked about archives. it,
1: yeah. And uh, one or two listeners wrote and said, you know, like thirty, forty years ago, they they went out to this place, and uh, you know, we didn't really check out the theater area that much because it wasn't go- not much going on. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was like a nice kind of residential neighborhood. We found a coffee shop or two, but it was kind of like a place like I'll never go back to. You know? <laughs>
0: not much to see. Yet. I mean, it was one of those neighborhoods that's kind of like a commuter neighborhood like i think people people who retired moved to the mountains and then anybody young is commuting into meta or kobe or you know
1: kyoto or something like, like that out of anything i've done in japan it was kind of the most disappointing <laughs> that's a huge statement i know but like there's almost always something kind of cool and i remember us being in korea many years ago it was twelve years ago or whatever, and us being feeling that way kind of often in Korea. Not that often, like we loved it there. But we used to always say, like, man, if we were in Japan, like you just always find cool stuff in Japan. You know, you can go anywhere and you're gonna like find something kind of cool. And um I remember that was kinda of the back of my mind as we were coming up short sometimes on that trip, being like, Oh yeah. I think we found found one of the only places. <laughs> so
0: yeah, I would I would say that had I come to Japan and found myself in that neighborhood before living here, All I right. think I would have had a better time because I mean, I, I could just have a f- fun time going to Joshin's, you know, or which is like an electronic shop,
1: or yeah, I went to um, that second street there, right? Yeah, but,
0: a used clothing shop, and yeah, yeah, we have
1: those in our, our
0: own neighborhood, yeah, right but now, now so. we live here and you know we both of us live in cool cities so we could go anywhere in a cool city and find like really cool stuff right so i think we're a little spoiled
1: yeah that's a big thing i think about on the latest podcast i did right about getting robbed i mean that's kind of how i ended the show was like kind of coming full circle of like mm, 10 years in (laughs) you know it's not all roses and and unicorns you know there are going to be things that start to happen like yeah yeah getting robbed or uh, just kind of getting used to the the daily life and things like that and that's been something hard for me to kind of get get grips on i think of um yeah the kind of long term you know living in a country and it's definitely out of the honeymoon phase you know i I don't know i lose track of those phases after those those early ones of moving to a new country but yeah kind of the kind of long term you know life and yeah like you said not everything is gonna wow you or or amaze you so that that was kind of interesting trip so then the second one we went to uh, tried and true you know some of our favorite neighborhoods in osaka and uh i was really surprised by that trip (laughs) not not to be too critical yet (laughs) again but like i would say generally in my experience where i live in kobe and i second to kobe i probably go to kyoto the most Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not much has changed or selfishly the change has happened is this like I can go to all my favorite places now without lines or crowds. Like it, and it's k- kind of nice on a very selfish level, you know? Um, so I've not really seen a lot of negative in terms of like my favorite places like closing or just being like overly quiet. And that was kind of the most overwhelming time was just being around Osaka. And as soon as you get out of Shinsaibashi or Umeda, those areas are still you know crazy busy and nothing's closing down there. But if you get to kind of more of the quieter up and coming kind of n- nicer neighborhoods, um it was it was sad like i kept telling yeah them the next week like I, I couldn't believe it i've not seen anywhere hit as hard as kind of those more uh kind of quieter neighborhoods in osaka
0: well i think there was a lot of growth happening right before the pandemic hit it seemed like mm. things were taking off for everybody and yeah. then all of a sudden the the pandemic hit and then people that came in and and were renting places and just couldn't keep the doors open you know I mean,
1: I think with the difference from places that I've seen, right, is like Kobe is not really a tourist city. So the city doesn't really rely on tourism to get money. So hmm. I don't think as much has changed. Kyoto, of course, is extremely tourist uh, friendly, but I think it has domestic tourism still. Right. So if someone's going to have a vacation. Right. And you can't get on an airplane and go anywhere. Where are you going to go in Japan? if You can't get on an airplane. Maybe the countryside. Right. But You're going to do what we get- do
0: go to kyoto yeah, yeah
1: kyoto is <laughs> gonna be a top destination right yeah. so yeah i'm sure they're i'm sure they're losing tons of money because it just had so many international tourists there but like it's still a place you would think of domestically to go travel on a vacation where i love osaka i go to osaka in my free times but frankly i don't think many japanese people who don't live there are gonna go travel there you know yeah, and I. But I think international people would travel there, right? If you're after Tokyo, after Kyoto, where's the third place you would go in Japan? I think most people would say Osaka. Yeah. Um. So it's the third
0: think, pe- place I went to.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was my it was my first place, but
0: um, maybe the I fourth because I think I might have went to Shizuoka, right before.
1: My, okay. My only guess is that maybe that the tourism it was hurting them, but I really like, again I had to spend like a week kind of what's going on? Why? Cause those neighborhoods weren't touristy, but I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of, it was kind of uh, sad for me.
0: I, I think, you know, just having the consistent, um, state of emergencies, you know, it keeps people home, you know, and Osaka it, was doing really well in the pandemic and the, our mayor, he's a real young guy. Uh, he came out and he was saying, or our governor, I guess he's our governor. He's not really mayor. He was saying that, um, you know, he was worried about the hospitals, So, there are these announcements at our, near our home on um, loudspeakers that would come up and say, stay indoors. And I think a that's lot of really, people listen to it, you know,
1: that's really smart. Osaka. You're right. was one of the strictest cities. And even now, I think there's some kind of, um, or recently when we were there a week or two ago, there was, uh, quasi, the quasi yeah, quasi like, state of say, emergency, emergency. Yeah. where I think, uh, we, we didn't have it as strict where I am. So that, yeah, that, that's actually probably yeah. a really good point yeah we anyway
0: we, uh, we yeah. still drank we went out <laughs> we had beers you know and, we
1: did We did. and yeah. i'm
0: surprised because we were still in the quasi state of emergency and yeah it didn't seem like much was affected when we went out that day
1: yeah what i found with this one compared to the past ones was restaurants didn't aren't having alcohol in osaka as much somewhere but like a lot weren't but like more of a place that specialized in alcohol they definitely were still staying open I don't know, maybe they get some kind of like break and if it's not worth it, you know, like a bar wouldn't be worth it if they primarily sell alcohol, but a place that like kind of sells alcohol, but it's not like the main source of income for them. It might've been worth, worth it to take that, that tax break or something. That's my only guess. But yeah, anyway, uh, those are kind of the interesting happenings for me lately, kind of since we last podcast in regards to like what's been going on here. Any other interesting things to note for you before we get on to our topic?
0: No, but uh, it is. Well, I guess maybe (laughs) it is kind of interesting that you mentioned like, you know, you were kind of having an existential thing about, you know, getting robbed. And and listening to that episode, I could see like, you know, the like you were saying, the honeymoon feeling is kind of over. And I've been in a place where, you know, I've had to go back to the States. I came back. I quarantined. Uh, I did the full 10 day quarantine. Well, it ended up being seven days luckily, but, um, still it was a lot of work and it was really hard and it made me kind of consider like, do I still want to be in Japan? You know, like, uh, I'm so far from my family. Um, so far from, you know, it's not easy to get things done out here all the time. If you don't speak the language, you know, there's a lot of, it's a lot of things that I was really considering. Mm. And ultimately I came to the, the place that I'm, happy to be back you know i'm happy to be <laughs> yeah. it feels like home you know and i was really glad to return and mm. um i feel like lately you know i've been posting more stuff on our our japan 2 twitter that's been neglected for forever and a few things on instagram you know and I, i'm getting back into you know the swing of things and i've I feel like, you know, Japan is also contributing to that. So, uh, I don't know if I'll stay here for the rest of my life, but I'll definitely, you know, be here for, for a while still, you know?
1: Yeah. One, like, that's an interesting point. I think for me, with the pandemic, I think the early days of the pandemic for me, like it took me a really, really long time. It was only during the last couple of months, I'd say that maybe for a couple other, like outside reasons, some things with work and stuff, but like, not being able to kind of go out to the cities or I guess people were doing it, but if you're following all the rules, like I was being like Japanese, um, not going out after, you know, two years, I think started to kind of weigh on me and that, you know, that is probably the biggest reason I like Japan was kind of the city life, right? Seeing the new shops and the cafes and whatever, just going out and kind of getting that, that energy from the city. I think two years of not having that, and what would you normally do it's going to be more talking with your neighbors i guess or like you know and i don't really have that kind of life here right like a local japanese life like in my neighborhood and so i think that that's kind of like what wore on me. Or it's kind of for the first time in almost 10 years that the language part not speaking you know japanese kind of got to me where yeah. I, if i was in a country where i could communicate better i think uh, i would have I was kind of missing human connection outside of my family and my work. And I'm really lucky. I have a family here. I have an extended family, not even just my, my wife and my sister, but or my wife and my son, but I have a sister-in-law here and I have you who's a super old friend. I have multiple friends for over 10 years. So I can only imagine. And I know people have only been here for a couple of years. that just really have been struggling lately. Um just feeling like really isolated. So, yeah i mean there's no no news it's been a hard time for everyone in the world but i think for me that's kind of why uh, multiple things were happening but i definitely feel uh since that episode and kind of in the last month that a bit of a turnaround and it's looking optimistic and yeah i've been going going back out i would say it doesn't feel full-on like not everyone's back out again yet here yeah it feels like 80 percent back to like normal 90 percent maybe
0: it's getting there yeah, yeah. slowly but surely so yeah. that's good news for all of our overseas listeners that are looking forward to that vacation to Japan. So uh, hopefully, you you think guys summer can make it out soon.
1: Yeah, do you think summer people will be able to come travel here?
0: Uh, I think international travel is going to be a. It's going to take a little while longer. Yeah, I think I'm
1: guessing fall. I'm guessing fall.
0: I think Japan life will get back to normal probably in the summer, and yeah, I would say later in the year we're going to have tourism again. Yeah. yeah.
1: I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if it was summer, but if just being cautious, you know, I would imagine like September.
0: Yeah, I, guess, August I know August maybe
1: I know the borders have been
0: um, opening for a lot of business travel. So yeah, yeah I think that'll happen first, and then I after they're, they're comfortable with that, then we'll get. They're back just to.
1: starting to let students and so people who are on a student visa. I think they've been waiting for a long time. Poor, it's a very, poor like, people. Slow, say again.
0: <laughs> poor people.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel so small, sorry for all of them. Yeah, small number, but I think they are letting people on student visas in, if not now, very soon. So that's that's a start. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, compared to other countries, it's been a kind of a mess, and there's lots of upset people about it. Yeah. But anyway, today we get into our our main topic, right? That's right. Which we're is gonna we're gonna talk what? about them robots them robots yeah Like topic i thought maybe we would never cover but um because it's kind of done so much but uh, i think it's not actually robots you know that that we're that we're talking about here no automation is kind of the better way to to put it right
0: automation and uh i want to subtitle this the death of the bag of shame oh yes great
1: Mm. great subtitle
0: yeah um uh, yeah why don't we take a break right here and then when we come back uh talk a little bit about automation and we're back and we're yes, here we talking are. about automation yes
1: so when we we're doing this show i kind of wanted to see what else, if there's some things I was missing, right? This is something I, I don't actually ever do research for our show. I very rarely. Not, not a title like this.
0: We are not experts. I just want to repeat that. I think we said that in the first couple of episodes. but
1: <laughs> Yeah, but some some topics are more about like a subculture or something that I will look into, but this is kind of our daily life that we're going to talk about how we've uh, encountered automation. But frankly... I was just trying to. Th- I was like, I only have really two or three good examples, and as I was looking it up, I was kind of reminded of the stereotype and how I don't see the things out there. So there are so many sources out there, a lot of business sources talking about yeah, literal robots, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and how Japan's having all these innovations in robots in 2020, 2021, and uh, yeah, that they're just on the forefront of robot technology, but. I literally and I keep saying ten years when ten years here, the only robot i've ever seen, like robot robot, like when you think of cheesy robot. Was Pepper from SoftBank, which was a failure, and you don't even see her anymore.
0: Yeah, I remember when schools were buying Peppers. Did you, did you mm-hmm. hear that they bought like no, 20, 20 Peppers, and people go to these schools and find them like depowered in the corners and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you I see them. That. You see them like that, you know, like out in in just like going around town. You you'll come by like a cell phone place, and there's a, a sad little Peppa. In the corner. In the corner.
1: Yeah. <laughs> looking. Yeah. I like, Pe- I like Peppa, though. I like the idea but it, it was a failure. And I don't know. I, I feel, honestly, it's a pretty big misconception. But as I, again, I was looking it up, and there's all these active articles. And what it is is they're just being used in, like, factories, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, the Toyota factory, you know, it's, it's more like the industrial line kind of kind of robot, you know, robotic arm and stuff like that. And then another one of the big ones I keep saying is like in the um senior citizen homes. Okay. That they are a fairly big component there and I I honestly I have my doubts. No, have like you, you, haven't all you the,
0: seen though the the little puppy thing looking thing that they give to the yeah. the seniors? Yeah.
1: Like exactly, I, yeah. I
0: I don't think everybody has have those. Have you seen it in person? No. But yeah. I don't and I don't think everybody has those, but I I do think that you know, it's like anything you're going to invest in something until you know, the market demands it. So like they, they, you need to have a failure with Peppa in order to get like the, the better robot, you, you know, like, yeah, it's like VR. I,
1: I, I, I'm, I'm aware of that, but I'm a little suspicious of like the whole wacky Japan angle. And I couldn't really find any like Japanese sources reporting on this. You know, they're all really credible sources like New York times and Nikai, you know, again, all these kind of business sources. I believe it, but what I think it is is, like, it's the minority of these hospitals, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it exists, yeah. but I don't think it's anywhere near mainstream.
0: Oh, it's probably still in prototype stage where they're... Yeah,
1: but for, right. like, 10 years, I could find stories from, like, 2008, and they're all the same stories So like, there's a robot that can carry old people into in out of the bed, because, like, a lot of the workers, right, aren't strong enough to do that. Mm. And then there there's, like, the one that has, like, face to keep them company you know because because they're bored and lonely and yeah it's like the same story just the robots like slightly barely improved so anyway my point is like i never believed in any of that stuff or whenever people would ask about it i was yeah no no no, that's not japan but for me kind of a, a connection to the beginning of the show is that yeah around the start of covid here i did start to see kind of more automation happening here and i assume it was for you know like germs or not having to touch touch things as much or have as much human interaction but you're telling me you, you might not agree that that's the reason it started no uh, to yeah get an issue.
0: i think it's very similar to like what was happening back in the states where they were kind of setting up those kiosks where you could self check out um mm-hmm. with the supermarkets where i lived all switched over to automatic pay and so you had to go to to like the little kiosk and check your own groceries and then so you're right where you live now in my like previous home all all
1: of your grocery my stores previous home, you so that's, that this
0: is this is like i don't four know years. three or four years ago maybe mm. three maybe three years ago is when they put in the automation the i don't have tellers. one gr- i don't
1: have one grocery store in, in kobe that oh, does yeah. That.
0: oh yeah oh yeah every life that i've been into uh, life mart is like the most common uh mm. supermarket here in in osaka well it's a big supermarket it's it's convenient and um yeah they all have the automatic self-checkout sections and then Mm. gu and uniqlo started having the self-checkout sections and those uh, those were really cool because you just put all your clothes in a basket put it inside like the this little cubby hole and then it would magically say like here's your total you have nine items is that correct you click yes and they'll say here's your total
1: yeah with that that technology definitely felt that was one of the first that felt and you're right that was before covid at least two years before that was one of the first ones that really felt magic to me or like wow i bet you you didn't have this back (laughs) home you know yeah and i would try to trick it all the time whenever i encounter like new technology like that I try to like mess it up like I want because I want to test the limits. I want to understand like how it works. Right.
0: You wanted to steal some socks. I know.
1: <laughs> but after I got through my like play around with that phase, I was just legit just doing it like I'm supposed to. One time it didn't. um It was like too cheap. And I like it was kind of hard to actually find a person to call them or be like, hey, yeah, this isn't ringing up correctly. It's yeah. too cheap. But I totally could have got through, you know, and I, I wonder I think would have stopped you on the way out or how it would have happened. But if it wasn't, there's not, I feel like back home, for example, there'd be someone there somehow making sure, you know, you're not going to get a good deal on them. But there's just like no one around.
0: There's usually somebody off in the distance. They're kind of watching everything. Mm
1: -hmm. You
0: know, they they definitely put somebody, at least here in Osaka, they have somebody manning the um, bag area because you have to do the bags and bags aren't free anymore so that's right yeah they make sure you pay for the bag, and get the bag you paid for
1: i don't want to be too long on this because it's not a american show but there's like these amazon uh, prime stores in the west coast i don't know how prevalent they are i think there's just a couple this would have been about four years ago too it's a full store with like groceries and stuff and you just grab anything and just put it in your basket and then you walk out of the store so you can actually if you want to you can just throw it straight in your backpack you don't have to have like a shopping cart so you just take what you want you put it in and there's so many cameras in the store there's like cameras everywhere that they're just scanning uh to walk into the store you have to give them like your amazon account so like you give them your account when you walk in and then they just it knows your face and everything it's kind of creepy and it just charges what you get to your account oh that's crazy yeah and that's scary Yeah. that's some next level stuff. But yeah, anyway, it's... yeah, that, that that's a that's a really good point with the Uniqlo and G U one. I forgot about that one. And I'm surprised it's not more widespread. Um I'm I... surprised like that te- technology hasn't caught on to other places. The whole like weighing you know, just paying by by the weight.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's gonna keep up because I feel like there's still probably a lot of theft that could come from it. And it, yeah. as we come out of the pandemic and the economy is is potentially gonna have some, you know, some bruises. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if people get a little more nervous to have, you know, trust people to do self-checkout and stuff like that.
1: Hmm. It's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. The difference between grocery stores for us, I would kind of live in the suburbs more. Um, I wonder if it has anything to do with it. That a lot of times, like people will pilot new technology, new things in the city and you live a little bit more in the city center.
0: Well, I lived in in Tazukayama. It. In, in it was like real retirement city. So I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. that we had it there. However, yeah. it was remodeled like just after we moved into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That, that Life Mart was totally redone. So maybe they were testing it just, you know, outside of the city to see if it works or not.
1: Yeah. Are you okay to start talking about like the hybrid style checkout? That's not like full non-human oh yeah the, yeah
0: i definitely have a lot of bones to pick <laughs> about this one
1: yeah so this this is the one i first kind of started to encounter and this to me was again the kind of covid one where it really started during covid and for me it's mostly at Seven Eleven, 11 but in, in any of the convenience stores yeah um but Seven Eleven is the one i frequent the most and what it would be would be like there was a person there and they would do this is two years ago when it first started and they would like check out all my stuff so i'd hand it to them they would do all the um the scanning and all that and then i just had to like pay through a machine but it wasn't really clear and a lot of it's probably due to language or like i wasn't sure when to pay exactly and they were seemed like they were just figuring it out too you know and uh i was oh even before that the machine was there for like two or three months it was there and it was on but it was doing nothing <laughs> no one was using it so I remember like looking at it and being like, oh, what's this? What's this? You know, it was like such a slow rollout. And then slowly, like after a year, then it was just kind of full on, like I'm doing everything. And mine, I can even scan. There's like an option where you can like scan it on your own too. Um, but I don't often venture that. I'll kind of like wait for the person to do it. <laughs> but but anyway, explain to them why uh, the system is pretty awkward when well, it's there's like a half, few, human, a few half a human, a machine. <laughs>
0: why the system breaks down and and the first one is that um, Japan is really working towards being like you know one of those zero emission countries and they're trying to work on you know no bags no plastics you know zero plastic or and so now you have to pay for your plastic bags and you have to pay for um, any bagging and so everybody brings their own bag and luckily I have a whole bunch of trader joe's bags i i was given from uh anybody from california or other places in the united states that knows trader joe's will know it'll those bags very, are very colorful <laughs> very be very
1: trendy here in japan because lots of people have them yeah and when i first moved here i got very excited because if you see a lot of people with a yep. bag you'd think those i found trader where this
0: i found where they sell them really where yeah they sell them in this place it's like a an organic uh, organic s- store and they have mm-hmm. a rack, and on the rack is all these different Trader Joe's, all the different Trader Joe's bags. Oh, and they're selling, they're being sold for like $25 a pop.
1: Markup, Trader yeah. Joe's markup. Well, that's I your told. your job. Him I- Just go to Trader Joe's, buy the bags, flip them in Japan.
0: I told uh, my aunt that they're really trendy in Japan, and she's like, oh, really? I'm going to go get <laughs> you some. And so she got me some like Tennessee ones and like all that's these awesome. really cool Trader Joe's bags. So I brought a whole bunch of them back with me. So it was very yeah, nice. It's such of
1: her. a weird. It's one of those weird things in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you got your chair, draws bags. But anyways, yeah, so I, you,
0: you got to bag yeah, your well, own quick, groceries. Yeah. Now, so the problem is they'll ring you up. They'll check out your, all your items. They put them on the counter. Then you have to self-pay. So you have to put the money into the machine and then bag your groceries or the, whatever you bought at the convenience store. And yeah. it takes twice as long.
1: It's, right. it's not clear, like, if you're supposed to be bagging as they're scanning or if you're supposed to wait to the end. Because I try. it. Because in Japan, like, uh, they at the convenience store especially, they really want to get you to the line kind of fast, right? It's not rude. They're not pushing you through. But you can tell, like, that person's trying to, like, hu- hustle, you know? Yeah. And they care about that kind of thing and not making people wait. So... It's kind of awkward. So w- what I did was like I would grab the stuff and start bagging it. But I felt like I was kind of getting like a bit of a dirty look. Like, why are you touching this stuff yet? Like, because if they don't have a good system, they're not quite sure. It's possible you could take something that they haven't scanned, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a communication or you have to be on the same system. Or I would make it really obvious. Like, I want to put this over here, like far over. But they kind of don't separate it that much. So yeah it's just awkward i don't know what they prefer if they want me to wait till the end once they've scanned everything and that way for sure i'm not going to get something that they haven't scanned um it's very messy
0: well i think when i have my bags it's a lot easier like they'll scan something they'll put it on the desk and then i I pick it up and i put it in the bag and it that seems to be the system they prefer Mm -hmm. um when i have a backpack and they look like oh no if he doesn't pay he could just gonna walk out with like his backpack or something you know like they always seem a little more suspect when i just start putting everything into my backpack uh, but one of my
1: gripes with the general bring your own bag thing well first of all i want to say this was always a big issue for foreigners in japan um was just the amount of plastic waste compared to western countries and it still exists because they'll still individually wrap if you buy like a bag of let's say cookies every 20 cookies all of them are individually wrapped inside so there's still a lot of plastic wasted there but they yeah. just would wrap it in a lot of plastic bags too they'd bag everything up for you which, which was kind of nice and they'd put it in a lot of plastic bags and you had to like go out of your way and say it's one of the first phrases frankly like you know where's the bathroom thank you excuse me and i don't want a plastic bag please like yeah. that so many uh people i work with is like one of the first things they'd ask me in their first year I was like how do i say no bag please <laughs> um because they're just excessive waste so it was too much um but then for me it was kind of around covid and i thought this would be really nice if i didn't have to touch a shopping cart or touch this like shared basket and i could just put these things in these bags i'm having to bring these reusable bags and i could just bring the bag up there and they could take it out and put it back in right but there, I actually tried it, and I one time someone did say something to me like, "Nah, sorry, you gotta use like the shopping cart." Oh, so, really so you wished.
0: had it in the bag first, and then you put it up. Ah, yeah, yeah my, okay. my reusable yeah. bag.
1: I was just putting all the yeah. stuff in the grocery store okay. in here and brought. Doesn't that make logical sense? Like during COVID, that'd be the best way to do it.
0: Yeah, maybe they're worried they'll forget something inside, or they can't see the bottom. I don't know. Um, yeah. They will let anyway. you put like a get like the basket, and then put the bag over the basket. Okay, and then they'll fill it for you at the supermarket. Gotcha. So that yeah, works. A big bag, yeah, yeah. big bag. It, you right? have to have a big bag.
1: Yeah. Those those Trader These, Joe's bags don't do it. These are very nuanced uh, things. I think only <laughs> only if you're living here. But like, to be honest, it's what stress, stresses well, me out. <laughs>
0: uh, but if you come to visit, you'll re- recognize that. Like, yeah, it's not the best system in the world, and uh, I think the idea is to make the automation. Uh, 'Cause I've heard in Tokyo there's a few convenience stores that are fully automated. There's no one at the counter. And I think I walked yeah, by one I, or I've two. Had that.
1: Like I was saying, I've got that here a couple of times yeah. too. Yeah.
0: So I think that's on the on its way, but they're figuring out how to do it. And um mm. right now it's that growing pain where you have like a person behind the counter and then you you're dealing with that and the machine and then it just adds an extra an
1: extra hassle, you know? Well, not to get too political on the show, cause we're definitely not a political show, but like, I don't know. I'm ready.
0: I'm ready to go all in. Let's get your political, David.
1: Immigration is kind of a hot topic in Japan in the last, I don't know, five to 10 years. And, uh, maybe there's correlation with why they're not opening the borders to, uh, tourism with similar, uh, issues, why they don't want to have a lot of, uh, immigrate people immigrating here to work. And, Frankly, if you're gonna see a non-Japanese person doing a job in Japan, it's gonna be worker at a convenience store. That's the, probably the number one job you see a non, you know, visibly. It's it's tough to say just by knowing, uh, yeah. by looking, right? But a visibly non-Japanese person because their name tags are in katakana, so it's one kind of quick way to know. Uh, it was always at a convenience store, and I do think it's interesting that that is the job, <laughs> kind of the job that's being automated the most. It's almost, it's not only me. You know, there's a lot of theory out there. Is saying, like, well, instead of having immigration and having people come in, those are jobs that we can e- easily get you know, robots or automation to do. Because the other popular one are factory workers. So a lot of kind of plastic factories or pa- factories with kind of high chemicals, you know, that are pretty unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's another one of the more popular jobs for non-Japanese people to have. And those are another ones that they're, you know, using automation for more and more. So, Oh, it's for-
0: definitely to cut on costs. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, that's always but, the, the reason to go automation is just so you don't have to pay for a person.
1: Sure, sure. But there's a pretty big school of thought that it's also for the people that maybe mm. want Japan to stay more ethnically Japanese, you know? Mm. that um, well, they, good luck they prefer with, to have, have a robot. Good luck with <laughs> the
0: aging population. and <laughs> Coronavirus yeah, exactly. swept the nation, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, corona did pretty well. We did pretty well with coronavirus. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I could see that conspiracy theory going around. And, yeah, I mean, there might be some truth to it. But, you know, with any mm. consir- conspiracy, there's probably a sliver of truth and a lot of a lot of BS. So, yeah, I, it's an interesting theory for sure. But uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to keep the immigrants that are <laughs> out, I think you know.
1: I wouldn't say that one's a conspiracy theory because there's politicians that have said we, we don't need to ease immigration because we're... Well, well, that, yeah are developing we're developing robots so. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: I laughs> but it
1: could just, it could just be one or two kind of crazy people and not not the general you know the general thought but um there was another area besides like grocery stores and stuff. I, I want to talk about automation. was there anything else with grocery stores or convenience stores? Oh uh, I was the just going to tell you, you got to get into it. I was
0: going to tell you the story of um when when the automation failed on me
1: okay, let's hear it yeah,
0: so I went to this liquor store called Yamaya. They sell some gourmet foods and and a lot of, like, wines and beers and whiskeys and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go there to get some stuff for Mexican food. And while I was in line, um, they called me up. They said, pay out the automated automated machine, and it wouldn't Mm -hmm. take my money for anything. So I put my money on. I straightened the bill because... Sometimes the machines won't take it if you have (laughs) it upside down, you know, and you have to have like the the face up. Mm. And, um, yeah, I tried everything I could. I had a crisp, clean bill and the woman just was like, put the money in, you know? And I was (laughs) like, no, I said, it's not working, you know, it's it's not working at all. And I said, I have the money here, you know, and she couldn't take it because they can't take money like they used to, right? And the machine was broken. Everybody that worked in that store came, came over. It was this group was of like Japanese. Yeah. eight people around me. And, um, you Corona, like I was coroned out, you know, I didn't want to <laughs> be around people really that day. And I was just like, I can't believe this is happening right now. You know, it <laughs> took like an extra 10 minutes to, to pay for, you know, my, my, my things. Operation I was tired, fail. you know, it was after work. I was tired. It was just, yeah, one of those moments and I was like, of course it happened to, you know, the guy before me didn't have this problem. (laughs) It happened when (laughs) this guy that can't speak and doesn't know what's going on, you know, is uh, just standing there. and I just was like, "Ah, this is where uh, automation breaks down and, you know,
1: it doesn't work, you know. Yeah, bag of shame too, right? So, I mean, the reason (laughs) we claim the bag of shame is dead is, you know, now you got your own bag, you know, the store doesn't need to give you that black bag hiding what's inside. They don't give you the black bag
0: anymore. Um, I don't remember my last bag of
1: shame, but I feel like I should have celebrated it a bit more if I would have known it was going to be the last one.
0: Yeah. Some, some retailers, some pharmacy shops will give you a paper bag if they Mm -hmm. have them. That's true. But if they don't, your bet your stuff is going in the bag you paid for. So if you buy like a clear bag, and you stuff it full, of well, it depends in condoms or something, everybody's going <laughs> to <Pam-poms>.
1: see it. <laughs> <laughs> what else is taboo? <laughs> yeah. So it's up to you if you want to be, oh, did I ever tell you my wife after we did the episode? I think I already told you this. She found a hashtag in Japanese, and I can't remember what the phrase was, but it was women, primarily women, who were fighting the bag of shame. And it was basically like the bag of pride. And they would... Yeah, they would like bring their own. This is way before you even brought your own bag. Not way before, a couple months before, and they'd bring your own clear bag, and they'd be like, "No, don't put it in there. I got my own bag." And they would like walk around with with pride. With I the think are tampons and stuff is mostly a feminine hygiene project, yeah. right? There, like, there's nothing to be shameful of here. But it's wow. a very, very small small movement.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, I think yeah. that's apt because we recorded this on Women's Day. So, to all our Bam. women out there, Ba-bam. all our women listeners, Fate. you know. Uh, use a regular bag with pride. No more That's bag right. of shames for us, <laughs> whether we want um, one or not.
1: <laughs> there's one other area that kind of jumped up to me when we did this episode, which was uh construction mm. and I don't know. I, I have a car right recently, so I might see this a little bit more than you, but, um, I, I haven't been back in a long time. So I don't know when you're doing construction on a road in the States, you know, is there a human being there like, kind of just holding the stop sign or waving you by? But in Japan at construction sites, sometimes you will see, like, way too many people. It's always very old, old older men usually. And there'll be, like, you know, seven of them there doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh, however, there'll be other times. And i say this is kind of more in high-risk situations, like on a, maybe more of a highway where cars are going to be going faster. Where they do have, uh, like, a mannequin out there. And it looks a lot like the Beastie Boys' "In Galactic" music video uh, outfit, <laughs> very, very reminiscent of, of that. Um, and it looks so realistic from afar; it really looks like a human there, you know. And as you get closer, it's kind of like a really creepy uh, doll, like a yeah, weird-looking mannequin. There'll be that one, and then there's. Is uh, it automated
0: though, like, or is it just like a mannequin? No, it,
1: it doesn't move. It's just okay. like standing there, holding like cones, like in its hands. And then there's another one, which is really interesting. It's like this really interesting light system where, how do you know, erect light bright, do you remember light yeah, bright? Yeah, of course. Very, I know light very few people yeah. are going to get what light bright is, but yeah. it's basically like these little, it's going to age us for sure. <laughs> it's going to put these push, like these push style lights. And instead of just that, they rotate in a circle so you can get some animation so they're usually like on a circular it's like a circular pattern so it'll be like okay. a circle and i i they know what you're to, yeah. they move around really really fast and uh it'll give you a small animation it looks like a gif from like the late 90s like when gifs are just getting started um and it'll be like a construction worker gif of like waving his ar- arms around on like this small thing and it's very like archaic looking style of technology um, and I can't tell if it's like actually recent technology. It's just very, very simple, or if it is like 15 years old. But they'll be like that, and it's like a construction worker, like, yeah, moving their arms around. But yeah, S- construction, you'll see some automation sometimes here too. Yeah, they
0: just opened a McDonald's in a meta that has this, it's like a round ball. And in the oh, middle really? is like this hologram of the McDonald's symbol. Oh, okay. yeah, and it's yeah. like spinning around and it does funny things.
1: It's kind of like, a, I always say, like a retro future, right? Like it seems futuristic, but it also seems like 20 years old at the same time.
0: I mean, at anybody that's ever lived in Japan, they always say like, you know, at, there's times where you feel Japan is like the most high-tech place in the world. And then there's times mm. where you're like, this is the most low-tech, ridiculous thing I've ever seen, you know? And well, it, it's it's a country of contradictions, really. It really is.
1: I guess one more thing with automation would be this um, digital currency. Um, this is totally a COVID thing. Start of COVID, digital currency was not that really happening here. Uh, there was like EcoCA or Suica, like the subway passes, and you could spend those at like convenience stores, and that was about it. Um, and then I talked about it before on the show called PayPay, pay. but PayPay pay just in the last two years has like exploded. And every place has it, from mom and pop shops, you know, just like a stru- fruit vendor on the street, to you know, big camera, Yodobashi Camera, or a clothing store. I would say that every city is a little different. Like I know, Kyoto doesn't do it a lot, but I would say in general, eighty um, percent of shops are, are taking pay now. Um, so yeah, I'd say like more kind of cashless payment is going on here. Still, though, you'll be a person you interact with, but I think it's kind of just one step closer to to not and that's again one of those things where i think the west actually was doing cashless payment before here so
0: yeah i mean a lot of ways finally catching up i I was in a restaurant and i I looked at my wallet i was like oh no i don't have any i don't have any cash on me i was gonna have to do the embarrassing thing where you're like i'm so sorry i'm gonna go to the convenience store and i'm gonna come back (laughs) you know right right so i had no money on me and uh i asked to take card and luckily at this restaurant they were like yeah we take card and i was like that was a close one (laughs) yeah
1: so the first step was yeah probably like four years ago or so places were taking card more and it wasn't becoming so cashless right but i would say uh yeah once it went to the phones now it's like very few places are cash only i'm trying to think of the last time it's been a long time since i've seen a cash only place Mm -hmm. pretty rare so yeah,
0: Yeah, finally. (laughs) finally. yeah
1: so i think that's about a wrap right
0: Uh, i think that's about it um i'm sure i'll think about all the other automated things i've seen in my life the second this podcast is over but uh that tends to be the case uh but yeah we could talk about that in the next episode right uh, because japan 2.0 is finally back that's right and
1: we're here to do podcasts we sure are so thank you very much for listening uh make sure you reach out to us mostly instagram seems to be the main one we get Mm -hmm. uh we do have a facebook but not not much is going on there so yeah instagram is kind of our main platform that we tend to use so if you have any kind of questions or comments or you want to we'll put we always put up like an episode uh, artwork on there so feel free to let us know on the comments for this episode on instagram uh what kind of automation we forgot to talk about or, you know, maybe some ones we talked about. You have your own stories too.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to call out some people right now who left us like the two star reviews, (laughs) messing up our algorithm. Two star. Really? (laughs) There's a few out there, but I'm calling out to all you true Japan 2.0 heads to go and rate us on iTunes and Spotify, you know, give us that five star review and show these people what's up, you know, don't! Oh, I'm not, We're not gonna let them. We're coming back in full effect. We're not messing around anymore. This is Japan 2.0, 2.0. <laughs> That's right. I
1: want you. To, I want you to read me those two star reviews. I'm <laughs>
0: I don't know if they even left a review. I think it was just oh, the okay. stars. So you know, oh, well, uh, Yeah. I. But you know, in the past, to be fair, I have said. You know, if you, you want to rate us two stars, it's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm sure can. I've said that in the
1: past. I still stand by that. If you want to rate us two stars? Yeah, go for fine. it.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for anyway. thinking of us enough that you, <laughs> <giving> <laughs> you took some- the time to rate us. Click <laughs> those two stars. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, do you have a song of the show for us, y- Matt?
0: You know, you brought up the intergalactic stuff. I don't know yeah. if you know this group. They're they're a bunch of um, girls from a high school. It's oh, called Atarashi Gakko. Of course, of course. Do you know, know them? them.
1: Yeah, they they've blown up since that.
0: Yeah, they're very they're very cool. They have a lot of good music videos. They're very exciting. All their videos are interesting. Their music's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh and they do a cover of Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. I don't know if you heard there
1: this. Yeah, 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 I did.
0: Oh, I think I sent it your way, I'm sure. Yep. Uh we tend to find find something like that and we'll share it with one another. So, of I course. would like to share it with all of you.
1: Very nice from uh matt to the world of japan 2.0 enjoy do check out their other songs because oh yeah, uh, yeah yeah they have a lot of original music too yeah super cool never super
0: cool stuff yeah
1: you can never pass on a beastie boys cover
0: no but you can't th- that's the one that sticks out to me because yeah big big beastie boys fan here and there's you
1: know robots in that video that's, that's right perfect perfect for automation in japan
0: that's right and so i guess until next time sign up. <laughs> Other podcasts take breaks so they could use the toilet or do other things you know we take a break for no reason at all it's arbitrary
1: (laughs) yeah it's, it's just to have a lull in the waves yeah i guess so